for as long as the human race has existed, it has been haunted. Across the great expanse of history and the four corners of the earth, tales of ghosts are ubiquitous. From the ancient Mesopotamian religions to the modern tales of haunted copies of Pokemon Red with lavender towns that drive children to suicide. Be they the spirits of the dead returning to the world of the living, or malevolent entities from some demonic plane, every mythology has its version of ghosts. I'm Luke Summerhays, and I love Ghastly. Ghost might very well be my favourite Pokemon type. I've never been the biggest believer in the supernatural, UFOs and alien abductions notwithstanding, but sometimes the rational part of my brain is not in charge. Of course when I'm hiking at night or exploring old abandoned temples and castles, the shapes and shadows in my periphery play tricks on me, and I see ghosts and monsters. More explicitly, Seven or eight years ago I was outside the house of a friend's grandmother who had recently departed, when I saw her in the upstairs window, clear as day, looking down at us. Perhaps it was a trick of the light, a hallucination, or a case of mistaken identity. Even if I'm not a true believer, I love the creepy, the macabre, and the atmospheric ghosts of Pokemon. Sableye and Cubone are my favourite Pokemon, and if I were a gym leader I'd definitely be a mischievous ghost-type trickster. Ghastly itself has a creepy introduction in the first generation games. On first arrival to the Pokemon Tower, you are met not with a normal Pokemon, but by seemingly genuine ghosts, creepily telling you to get out. A Sylphscope reveals them to be nothing more than Ghastly having a bit of fun at the player's expense. Ghastly's grinning face, floating freely in a cloud of poison gas, lends itself much more to comic mischief than out-and-out -out horror. As a poison ghost type, it was incredibly irritating to fight as a child, but ultimately not actually so difficult. As Ghastly levels up, it begins to take on a more corporeal form. First, it evolves into Haunter. As I said before, I'm not a big believer in hauntings. One of my students, however, is convinced that she has a poltergeist. Maybe she does have a malevolent spirit making her things disappear and causing strange sounds in the night. Or maybe she's just a clumsy teenager who lives in a noisy dormitory building. Haunter has a more solid, spiky head than Ghastly's vague, gaseous form, and has also developed a pair of hands. Its design might actually be my favourite of the three in this family. There's something a little more menacing about it compared to Ghastly and Gengar's playful brand of spookiness. Also, as we learned in the recent Pokemon Let's Go, Haunter is absolutely huge. I always imagined it as around the size of a human head, but it's more akin to a Beholder from Dungeons & Dragons or a Cacodemon from Doom. Theories abound about the nature of Ghastly's evolutionary tree. It starts as a purely gaseous entity and slowly forces its way into our dimension as a solid being. For the final evolution, Haunter must be traded. As I've said before, the four trade evolutions in the original generation of Pokemon each makes a certain kind of sense. I think that, in the trade process, Pokemon are temporarily in a limbo between the two players' worlds. This gives Haunter an opportunity to pull its final form through into our dimension.
Gengar's name comes from Doppelganger, the ghostly phenomenon of seeing one's own double. In Germanic Europe, these kinds of stories are very common. Often doppelgangers will appear to warn somebody of a terrible future incident, or to loved ones in the instant of someone's death. Gengar appears to be the doppelganger of none other than Cofable. This again gives credence to the idea that the Pink Fairy was somewhat intended to be the series' mascot. Gengar is like a shadow form, with a grinning Cheshire Cat smile. According to the Pokedex, it likes to hide in people's shadows and play tricks on them. Although Clefairy and Gengar never got to live out their destiny as main protagonist and antagonist, Gengar's lofty origins are still clear. It appeared in the earliest design documents, where Pokémon were still called Capsule Monsters, and it is the first Pokémon to appear when a player fires up the very earliest games. Gengar has remained popular ever since. It has been a dominant force in the metagame since Day Dot, even more so now that it has a mega form. It's even the favourite monster of longtime series artist Ken Sugimori. It has a playable role in Pokémon Tournament, where it lent itself perfectly to Trixie irritating play. That megaform shows up again here in Pocket, where it can delight in swallowing opponents whole. Friend of the show and number one superfan Andrew Rice got in touch with this to say. Hello boys and girls, it's me, Andrew, here for a Halloween special! Wait, it's... it's April. Why are we doing ghosts? Well, anyway, enough of that, that. It's a spooky edition, I'm sure, as we talk about the scary ghosts. The biggest, scariest ball of ghosts that is ghastly. The weirdly shaped ghost that is Haunter. And the sort of bear-shaped ghost that is um, Gengar. I almost remembered his name there. Uh, all spooky boys. Appearing out of nowhere, disappearing, and playing pranks, just like everybody loves. Um, I mean, yeah, you've, you've really picked an odd time of year. I mean, Easter doesn't really go very well with ghosts, so that is an odd choice. But, uh, you know, that's Luke. He does what he wants. He didn't play by no rules. Bye. Jonathan Cromie, who composed the music for this show, also got in touch about the Ghastly family, and in particular, their slightly naff names. Gosh, there are some rubbish names, aren't there? Ghastly, Gas and Ghastly, I'll give you. But Haunter? And what about the Japanese names? Bobbins. Unlike Gengar, who is a cool and scary Clefairy shadow, and Haunter, who in cuddly form makes a good cushion. Mega Gengar, being poorly designed and having a broken ability, is one of the best arguments for getting rid of Mega Evolutions as soon as possible. The ghost type may have been underrepresented in the original games, but Gengar and family were more than enough to fill the spotlight in the early days, and as the series expands, we'll see that they paved the way for more incredibly dark and twisted new monsters. Music for Luke Love's Pokemon was composed by Jonathan Cromie. Artwork for the show is by Katie Groves. If you've enjoyed Luke Loves Pokemon, please do give it a rating and review on iTunes and tell your Pokemon-loving friends. If you have anything to say about the next Pokemon we'll be covering, Onyx, get in touch. We're on Twitter and Facebook at LukeLovesPKMN, or you can email the show at LukeLovesPKMN at gmail.com. 
I love Gatsby. And remember, I love you too.